Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me tonight, we have Earl Nieto, Jacob Terrell, and our special guest, Harry Austin, at Ramacall over on Twitter and on Reddit. You guys may have seen him if you follow the USL in any sort of capacity on social media. I know that uh, we've been, we, you know, we've, we've known Harry for a while and we've been talking about it. We're, we're glad to have you. And so, uh, first and foremost, Harry, thanks for joining us. You know, I was on your show the other night and we're glad to have you here and and uh so for the folks that don't know you uh how did you first get involved with uh the soccer scene in san antonio and uh then with uh with san antonio fc so it goes all the way back to when the scorpions uh were even before they started uh um, playing on the pitch um and they they were an nasl team um I joined the Crocketeers, the supporters group, uh, right after, I forget which World Cup, uh, 98, 2004, I think there was a World Cup in 2004, anyways, a long time ago, um, and, you know, got hooked on it there, and unfortunately, the Scorpions uh, sold, folded um, into San Antonio FC, so there was really no delay um, for it here, and what, six years now with San Antonio FC, and um, probably the best soccer memory was uh, when San Antonio won the uh, 2014 NASL uh, Soccer Bowl. Um, they beat the Cosmos and beat the Fort Lauderdale, uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers in the championship game on a bike by Rafa Castillo, and we got to storm the pitch. And so I was hooked. My kids are hooked, and uh, or my son is hooked. My daughter uh, went more artsy, which is fine. But uh, it's awesome to be on. I know we've talked about it for a while, and. Uh, you know, like I said here, and you know, you thank you for hopping on our show here. Well, I thought it was a fun show, and hopefully, we can return it back on this side. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like we said, you know, we have been talking about it. But the idea was to have you on earlier in the season, and uh, I know you end up being on vacation that week, and and uh, so you know, we're definitely glad to have you on now. You know, season's starting to wind down, and I think uh, I think at this point, it's probably a little bit of a better season for San Antonio than it was at that point when we initially tried to <laughs> try to set this up. So probably a, a bit more favorable uh, to talk about it at this point. For San Antonio's aspect. Yes. And I think for New Mexico, uh, I know you guys weren't in sixth place, but I don't, you know, were you guys doing a lot better at that point or I know really? you're not RGV where it's nose and diving down, but yeah, early on we had uh, stayed right there near the top of the table, and so uh, you know it, it's been a bit of an up and down season, and uh, we just got out of a pretty tough stretch of uh, five winless. So you know it, it's good to to talk about some wins again. I know that's always a good thing for us. You know we always do we talk about wins more than we do losses, and uh, it's definitely a lot easier to cover things. You know when number one when there's goals being scored, and number two when there's actually something you know, worth talking about. So yeah. uh, I, I know that's a pretty fair consensus at least among the media here in new mexico you know when it's a nil nil draw it's like okay well what do we write about what's there to talk about so uh again we're glad to have you we're going to jump right into it and uh as always we have one burning question that we ask our guys what's the one reality show that you can't help but watch no matter how terrible it is for me um I do Hell's Kitchen. Um, wife, you know, that, that's the one that and I wouldn't say it's horrible. Um, my wife watches a lot of reality TV and there's a show. I forget which one it is. Uh, what is it? Uh, 
it's, it's on Bravo where they're selling million dollar houses and stuff along those lines. And I'm like, yeah, that that's just too out there for me. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I, I enjoy Hell's Kitchen. My kids actually will sit down and watch Hell's Kitchen. So, so that one's a, that one's a lot of fun to watch. That that one I do enjoy. And you know, like I said here, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with, with it. And like I said here in my early life, I was a cook. So uh, I've experienced some of those uh, failures in the kitchen. Uh, not quite with Gordon Ramsay, you know, in my face, don't get me wrong. But uh, having been a cook uh, prior, uh, you can uh, understand some of the, the stress that they go through. So for one, I live Hell's Kitchen because every time I cook, my wife turns into Gordon Ramsay. Uh, <laughs> that's just a start um two i don't watch reality tv i don't own like cable or anything like that i have all the streaming services um but yeah i don't watch reality tv i i'm hooked on the dramas though like 911 and actually right now i'm supposed to be watching new amsterdam which returns today oh, nice. um so, so I'm kind of sacrificing that to hang out with you guys. So said you better oh. make it. Well, so sorry. We're taking away from your dramas there. Your, uh, your TV stories are all hate to do that to you. It's not like you can <laughs> record it and, and watch it, you know, yeah. after the show. Yeah. Watch it the next <laughs> day on Hulu. Luckily it's on Peacock. So I can watch it there. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Can I say New Mexico United games? <laughs> you can I mean, you... I mean it's I've, I've argued with my wife that sports are the ultimate reality show uh basically my whole life and um and yeah it's been pretty bad at times lately so uh <laughs> so i'm gonna stick with that so i'm gonna actually kind of follow jacob and my favorite reality show is going to be wwe that's not that's like the that's a that's a that's a soap opera right there it's not real (laughs) i actually wanted i actually want to ask you earl did was there a pay-per-view the other night no there's one upcoming this well are you talking about wwe or aew wwe wwe is a sunday okay because peacock had a countdown timer going so i thought it was this past sunday night i was like all right i'll sit down and i'll watch it and then it was just a whole bunch of like episodes of something that dropped. No, it's this coming Monday. this coming Sunday, and I cannot wait. It okay. is. Um, I'm a sucker for it myself. So. Yes, Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. I can't wait. <laughs> so. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy wrestling as much as you Jake, guys, as much as like you I'm guys out. do, and uh, yeah, Jacob, Jacob's. Uh, we're, we're trying to slowly get Jacob back into wrestling, and uh, you know, with it being on Peacock, we can all watch it for free and kind of talk about it a little bit. And so, yeah, it's you know, I mean, honestly, if I watch, if I if I actually was disciplined enough to watch like a week's worth of content, so like if I watched Raw, SmackDown, and the pay per view, I know I'd be hooked. The problem is I don't have that much time. Like I don't, I watch enough sports and then my wife watches what she wants to watch and we watch together most of the time. And then I've got two little kids running around. I just, I don't, I, I don't have enough time to get that invested in, in it Can right I give now. Can you a secret to it? If you record it, 
you, you know, I like I like the drama aspect of it. So the matches right. outside of the big ones, I'll fast forward through a lot of the matches. I'll watch the beginning and I'll fast forward to the end to see how it finishes. Then you know they'll do the next interview, they'll start the next rep. So like Raw, even though it's what three hours, you you can really get through it in 30 to 45 minutes and understand the whole yeah. three hours and 45 minutes without that time investment. But yeah, to sit there on Monday night for three hours, it's stupid and, and you know that's part of the problem with, with uh you know with WWE is you know they, they just you know Vince McMahon needs to go, but that's a whole separate discussion and a different podcast. <laughs> so, so just a little sidebar, Harry. I want to congratulate you because this coming Tuesday or this coming Thursday, um, you will officially be on Jerry Mario's oh, highlight yeah. reel. <laughs> he makes of us every freaking week. Jerry, welcome. Speaking of Jerry, there he is in the chat. How's my worst fan base doing? Jerry, glad to have you. Thanks for joining us as always, man. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're enjoying our week. So uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we were talking uh, back at WrestleMania. We kind of gave Jacob the highlights of it, you know, the which matches he should go back and watch. And, and uh, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, staying up late and watching, you know, WCW on TNT. And then it would go off at 10 and then switch over to WWE, WWF for the last hour of Raw. Or, you know, you typically that, that last hour of Raw was always better than the last hour of Nitro. So, you know, it was, uh, that was, that was, that was fantastic. The Attitude Era, like, I miss that kind of stuff. I don't think it's as good now as it was then. But. You want to know how I got into wrestling? Yeah. So, what, I was, you know, this was in the 80s when it was on WTBS. It would be at 5.05. Yeah. My great-grandma, who was 80-ish at the time, we, her and I would watch it, you know, for that hour, hour and a half that it was on. That's incredible. You know, so that's that's how I got into it. I I hated you know you know WWF at the time because yeah. I was like number one, it was never on. You know where, where I could watch it convenient, and you know just you know it was just. But that's how I got into wrestling, and you know, you know one of the great memories that I have of you know watching you know watching you know the Four Horsemen and, and you know Magnum TA and and you know the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors. Yeah you know, all through that time frame. So I, I know you'll be old enough to remember this. Earl probably isn't here, but uh, they, they had the Saturday morning mm -hmm. wrestling. I remember watching that too. I remember that was a lot of fun. We'd get up and watch it after like Saved by the Bell and everything. <laughs> and then, uh, and then that was the original out, so. Saved by the Bell. Yes. The original Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that all four of us here at one time played a part of a song as a walkout music intro. <laughs> and then am I the only one that choke slam body pillows on the trampoline? No. Um, okay. Actually, okay. I got choke slammed through a trampoline by my brother. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story that we need to hear, but not right now. <laughs> All now, for a potted meat sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I had yeah, one of those, uh, those Hulkamania dolls that had you know the big stuffed Hulk dolls that you could like they were like wrestling buddies or whatever they were called. I remember having one of those and yeah, we fought over that thing all the time. Wait, oh, you don't that. have it anymore? Do I have it anymore? No. It, my parents got rid of that like probably 15, 20 years ago. But Earl, well, this is awkward. Earl. That was the most mountain air story I've ever heard in my life, by the way. Oh, it gets worse, by the way. <laughs> Of course it does. Of course it does. One of these days we'll have a strictly WWE podcast. This this off season, I promise. I will And we could talk about how he got chokeslammed off my house. I will watch 
We never, I never went that far. We, you know, yeah, we did no, the body slams. We did a little excessive yeah. there. We, we, you know, you know, living in the country, you could do a lot of things off of, uh, you know, the, you know, the um, corrals and, and, you know, with the little three little levels of uh, posts that you could jump off on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yep. not, uh, not off a house. Yeah, we always did it in the pool. We were fortunate to have a pool when we were kids. So we'd, you know, me and my brother, we'd always do uh, well, and stuff to each other. Flex over here, there you go. Right? Must be nice. I had a pond, yeah. but yeah, not not a you know water, you know, a pool, yeah. you know, that was uh, you know, filtered and stuff. The only time I ever got wet was for a shower. <laughs> and that was what once a week. <laughs> well, you see, I did have nineteen kids in my family, so yes, I was yeah. lucky to have any water left. <laughs> oh man! All right, close out a burning question. So you know, I, I love Hall's Kitchen. I love stuff like that. Uh, lately, and this oh, is yeah, going to sound where this. That's where this came. That's where this started. Was, yeah. This, uh, <laughs> um. I've been, and I blame Peacock for this because they've been plastering all over the front page of Peacock. Is, and I've watched the the entire first season of uh, Below Deck Mediterranean. Oh, my into that one now too. Yes. Oh my God, this is the stupidest show I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, it's like sixty percent ultra rich snobs coming onto these boats and getting shit faced and well, treating the crew like crap. Your pool, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> and then the other the other like forty percent of it is like the crew all trying to either like sleep with each other or fighting with each other. I'm like, this is the worst show I've ever seen, but I don't want to stop watching because like they're, you know, this this first season they're over in like Greece sailing around. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting, but uh, yeah, it's something I, I've been watching lately. I'm just like, I, I gotta stop watching this, but I just can't quite get to that point yet. And I feel I feel like they have something there that I would be into. If- no if I watched it and felt like it was at all real, like I feel like cruise ships are crazy places to work. And if they just videotaped what really happened, I'd probably be into it. Even if it was a little bit less dramatic, but they amp it up so much that I'm just like, no, I'm out. I'm out <laughs> so hard. So if you guys are ever, Jerry, you're right. 2005 to 2013 is the best. Um, if you guys are ever just hanging out on HBO Max or Hulu, um, make sure you stop and watch Walker, the remake of Walker, Texas Ranger. I am 11 episodes in, and Harry, you can take notes on this one. I am freaking hooked. <laughs> That's the one with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jared Padalecki from uh, Supernatural, right? Yep. Does okay. he play Walker, Texas Ranger? Yep. I think I think I'm in. I think I'm in. Okay, so six, 16 minutes on our burning question. That sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about yeah, right. yeah. Several, that's that several tangents. Several that tangents in there. About four minutes apiece. That's right on time, right? I mean, yeah, it, exactly. A lot of tangents in there. I mean, I feel like that was spot on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I like doing these burning questions because it's something you know. I try to bring a different things, you know, and uh, I think it's a, a just a great way to get things going. And uh, you know, I think there's a little bit more. I think there's a little bit of energy now. We're ready to talk about this, and and uh, since we've got Harry, we're just, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it. You know, this uh, Saturday night, New Mexico United and San Antonio FC do face each other for the third time this season. Uh, both sides have taken a win so far. Uh, we won here at home. San Antonio won there, and uh, travel down there once again and uh you know you guys gave me some shit the last time we we played san antonio because i you know i picked san antonio to win i said that san antonio was uh was better than you guys are giving them credit for and 
And uh, right. so, first of all, how do you guys feel about that at this point? And then, uh, Harry, how wrong were these guys? So, first off, how do I feel about you being right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, can barely, I can barely remember what happened at 8 o'clock this morning, much less what happened at week three of the fucking season. July 21st. So we're talking 60 days almost exactly. My point. I barely remember what happened 60 minutes ago. <laughs> um, first of all, Seth, Harry's a great guy. I, you don't got to kiss his ass, though. So, <laughs> so that, that was... That you, was you what, said uh, that on that episode as well. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. <laughs> and, and, and who was right? I, I appreciate you listening to that. Um, it's not about who right, who's right, and who's wrong here. It's it's about it's about the team. I mean, look at these flags. I mean, honestly, if I didn't know better, I'd think Harry was a United fan since he's got three of them posted up right behind him there. But I got uh, four of them, right? Four from New Mexico. I see three. Well, I I see two, and then when you moved earlier, I think there was a third one behind it. Right, maybe there's a fourth one over on this side. You know the the team down south. I think you guys claim them. Oh yeah, no. Jerry's team, I think. This is not a Jerry's team episode today. We're not talking about them. Uh, Fep. Um, (laughs) Look, San Antonio has turned around since it lives since uh, since then, and I I. I was I was just not impressed with how they looked before that match. Uh, they just they hadn't been playing well, and it it I'd have to go back and look at your guys' schedule, Harry. But I feel like that was kind of a turning point was right around there, and since then you guys have been really good. Honestly, I hate to say it. I actually I don't hate to say it because I've I've never not liked San Antonio. In fact, I think San Antonio has has the best kits aside from ours. And actually, even if we include ours, I might say you guys have the best kits. I well, love the, the kits are pretty good, but there's there you can't go wrong with the yellow and black kit, though. Can't you can't you can't you know when the River Hounds were here, I was like, they're good kits. So, but I I like the the white one with the three the, the three colored stripes that you guys have. I mean that that's a clean clean kit right there. So, uh. If you have a nice kit, or if you're from Colorado Springs, uh, I'm going to be a fan of you. So, um, even though you guys are in our group, it, as long as you guys beat El Paso, I'll be all right. That's the, that's the challenge, right? That's what we all have to do, and so far it's been a struggle. But yeah, to answer your question, going into uh, the match... Um, probably when you guys recorded, we hadn't played the switchbacks, but at that point we were on a what, one, two, three, se- seven game losing streak. And, you know, it was uh, a winless streak, not losing winless streak. Cause we had two losses, four draws and just, you know, we, we hit, we had the uh, stage that you guys just went through where, you know, you could have a wide open net and somehow you guys would miss it. So, yeah. Um, that's the storm that we were in, and then you know, we're we still in that stage, Harry. I don't know if you watched the game Saturday, but we're still in that. Stage. <laughs> I did. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it here. But yes, uh, I did watch the game, and, and I did uh, on our show say you guys struggled with it, and I know that probably wasn't a, a fair assessment because when you look at the stats, when you look at it, you guys really dominated the game against Real Monarchs, but yet it was what 
the 80th minute. It was, it was, was still a butt. Cl- it was still a butt clincher, is what it was. Yeah. So it was one where you know, and and Seth was accurate saying, no, if you really look at it, you know, you guys controlled the game, but you know, just you know, the scoreboard didn't say, but. Yeah, but uh, since then, like I said, we beat the switchbacks away, and then we came home, and, and uh, uh, we're, you know, you know, to me, the, the weirdest thing about New Mexico and San Antonio is the home team wins, and the home team wins convincingly. There, it's it's not a close match. It's you know, it's a two three. You know what? What you know? The stupid flag you sent me, the Cinco de Mayo one, was what five zero or. <laughs> Yeah, you know, know something like that here. Um, but no, that's the reason why I put the flags up is because Seth and you guys sent sent me the flags. So uh, pretty sure that match you was gotta show them. So two things, two things. One, Jerry, go ahead and ask your question. Go and put it in the chat. I'll go ahead and read it. Um, and number two, so when you guys were on that seven, oh, okay, Jerry, <laughs> hold on real quick, hold on real quick, Jerry. So when you guys were on that seven game winless streak, was your fan base losing their shit? Oh yeah, where well, there was there, there was talks of hey, is Marcina the, is Marcina the right okay. guy? Okay, okay. And, and there's a backstory to that because Marcina was on Coach Powell's staff, and they promoted him even though we you know we had a down year. So if you're going to be making a change, why are you bringing in the assistant coach? And it, it, it's Marcina's had he was the coach that won the title in 2014. Uh, but the following year when, you know, you know, when, when they sold the team, he's also the same coach that got fired at the baggage claim at the San Antonio airport. So he can't, you, know, you know, on the return flight. So, uh, you know, so, and, and that's no, no, nothing against, you know, coach Marcina by any means is just, that's how the Scorpions were. So, um, couldn't, you know, no class and here, let me fire you at the baggage claim, which, that's an NASL story. It's <laughs> so. a great place to do it. So Jerry actually has two questions for me. The first one today, the first one is as as of today, who's better, United or El Paso? Today or it's just, El Paso. There, there's no keep in, there, there's, keep in mind that he will ask this question about 19 times tonight. Yes. And then he'll <laughs> answer and then he'll blast you on Facebook on the USL fans page. And call them the clowns, the clowns of chaos. Just so you know. Um, with that in mind, go ahead with your answer. So it, today, El Paso is the better team. But do I think El Paso wins the title this year? No. I don't. I don't think they're. You know what? I don't think they're built to play outside of the baseball pitch. Ouch. I'll leave it at that. Ouch. Um. Second question. Is who would you rather face in the playoffs, El Paso or United? Well, it depends where it's at. True. We, we've we've beat El Paso in El Paso. We've got rolled in New Mexico. I don't have confidence that New Mexico makes the playoffs. I hate to say that. I just don't have confidence that you guys make the playoffs. So, that's, neither do we, Harry. Neither do we. That's <laughs> welcome know, to the club. You've got what three days to see if you can get some speed up top, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, we've we'll had three see. years. We've had three years to do that, Harry, and we <laughs> have not done it. But as we saw last year, the playoffs, it took an Asante punch uh, to get uh, rising past the first round. And you know, there's a, a disputed shoulder arm ball. Mute, mute this guy. Mute this um, guy. 
Where's, the, where's then, the mute button? How do you well, kick him out? There's not only that, then there's some mysterious foul on San Antonio's goal, you know, that Liam Doyle uh, scored that somehow was waved off, even though, you know, <laughs> who knows what happened. But uh, hey, you know. Do we need to take you back to the mysterious red card that was Loudon versus United? <laughs> That wasn't in the playoffs, though. I mean, yeah, that wasn't in the playoffs. But, <laughs> Regular but, playoffs is a different is a different. Thing. That was especially a, especially with it being one and done. Like, yeah, it was. It was that I, that was the second worst loss that that. Uh, uh, like normally, I'll hang out, but I was so mad, I just I just left. I just didn't say goodbye to anybody. I just hopped in the car and just took off because. <laughs> And he drove for four hours <laughs> uh, and yeah. wound up in El Paso somehow. No, that would be eight hours, my friend. <laughs> really, eight hours? Texas just, is ridiculous. It's eight hours, and that's with the speed limit being 85, and you can do 90, 95. It's still eight hours. Texas is dumb. <laughs> yeah, I saw, the, I saw this thing. I, I don't know where it was. It might have been on a, a YouTube video, TikTok or something. They were comparing the size of the United States compared to Europe. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, you can drive across like one state in twelve hours in the United States, and you know, twelve hours in Europe will get you across like three countries. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just yeah, like you said, it's just I don't know. I drove well, to Texas. Crazy once. thing is, like, I follow Ackerton Stanley, you know, as uh, my team in Europe, just because I hate. I'm not a fan of big teams, um, and they're like, man, we had to go three hours away. I'm like, dude, that's. You know, if there's a team three hours away, most everybody's going here in the States. <laughs> um, Jerry has another question for the, for you there. Seth. We don't have time for Jerry's bullshit right Look, now. <laughs> I would love to field this question. Why didn't I, I think, receive any comment on my video, Seth? You know why you didn't get a comment, Jerry? Because you're a fucking idiot. Pick <laughs> and choose. That we love. Sorry. That we love, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry, yes, we, we love you being here. We just uh, we we actually addressed it on the podcast uh, last week, or maybe it was, or you know, what, maybe it was just in our in our group text. But uh, you know, if, if you're like, I, I'm all for you. I'm all for you making content and pulling our stuff and putting stuff out. That's not, have at it, you know. But if you're gonna like get me ranting about something, at least you know, put it in the right context. You know, because yeah, that's that, how that, social media yeah. works. Yeah, right. exactly. Context. There's no context <laughs> in social media. So, come on. So that's why we didn't say nothing, Jerry. That's why. But uh, uh, like I said, take it, put it out there. We appreciate yeah. it. You know, because it drives more can views you, here for us. So you know, yeah, can you tag it. us at least when yeah. you do that? Just there you go. Yeah, tag it. Almost moss in. Yeah, that way, that way we know. Almost moss. Because yeah, I don't. I'm not a big Facebook person, so I honestly, unless I get like a, unless I get tagged in something, I very rarely go look at Facebook. So yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, talking about this weekend, I mean, you know, uh, both clubs are coming off of a win. Uh, everyone's looking good. Uh, San Antonio is. Have you heard? Have you got any word on the Ford yet? I haven't looked to see if a uh, discipline report came out yet. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Have it. We haven't uh, heard anything. Uh, we probably won't hear anything till probably game day. You know, like I said here, uh, you know, un- un- unless uh, Foster gets a heavier suspension than, than than what most people think he should get, I doubt doubt we'll hear anything. 
Yeah, so in case you guys missed it, there were there were some fisticuffs thrown, uh, well, some pushing and shoving, really, uh, at the end of the San Antonio match the other night. Uh, Andrew Tanari nearly got into it with a member of Monarchs the other night. Um, so, you know, it's uh, these are two these are two teams that go in. They're not afraid to play physical. They're not afraid afraid to get up in someone's face. And you know, I think at compa- you know compared to say like us against El Paso, like I think if there's a different mentality when it comes to the physical play between new mexico and san antonio i think it's smarter i think it's more tactical and not just you know we hate you um and so looking at that you know what type of advantages does that give you guys when you when you do have that physical type of play for us against new mexico it depends on the ref uh (laughs) it, it entirely depends on the ref um and i know we're gonna have different views different views of this and, and just like, you know, I'm assuming you have different views on our physicality than, than what we have. Um, but playing, playing New Mexico is tough. Um, just because, you know, especially Sandoval, um, where, you know, a feather knocks him down. Um, and, you know, like I said here, it seems like that's, that filters through the team. So, you know, one time we had a, you know, a dive, uh, pool, you know, over under on the dives by New Mexico, but, um, I think for New Mexico does a lot like what RGV does where they'll take the punishment and, and go down. And and if the ref calls it, they continue to go down, which is smart. You know, it's, it's that technical advantage that, you know, if the ref is going to call for it and um, but if the ref lets it slide, then, you know, obviously, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's, it's a little bit more, um, physical on both sides um, for that here, but you know, for San Antonio, they play on they play on that edge. It's you know, there's no questions. You know, that's how Mar- that's been Marcina style since you know NASL, and um, it's you know, it's good and bad. We've got what five red cards this year. Um, you know, one you know, obviously the one against Ford was, was the fifth one, and you know, it's you know, we're what tops and you know, one of the tops in yellow cards. So you know, but. Uh, it's it's a physical match. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on, on the physicality of, of San Antonio? I know RGV um, doesn't like it. We'll say here, and I'm assuming New Mexico fans don't like it either. So, because there's been some you know some chippiness that you know you know I know we talk about you know the uh, the uh, handball uh, that was called, but I know on New Mexico side uh, there was with, uh, a couple of calls that maybe should have had a different color of card uh, that was that was shown um, in, in that playoff game, uh, if memory serves me correct. I've, I've blocked out everything from that playoff game except for the Weehan goal. So <laughs> I have to go back. I, I'd like, I wish I could, I think it might be on the, is it on the YouTube page by chance? Probably. Probably the highlights point, yeah. package, yeah. Well, I think the full, well, you might be able to get the full game now, but yeah, the, but you know, USL out. doesn't show uh, yeah. the, the uh, the cards very often for some odd reason i we could complain about the usl and their highlights and other things about it uh, <laughs> for a long time that could be a whole episode right there uh, i guarantee it but as for you guys's physicality i don't i don't really mind it i mean i i think i'd rather play a team that's like that than a team like el paso who which jerry's probably furious at you right now harry saying that we flop when when El Paso is oh, yeah. is is the king of that, um, and I think 
when you compare this to El Paso, it's not even close to being the same yes. thing. But um, you don't have a Yuma. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Ah, fuck Yuma. Um, That's what I say. Even when he comes in, <laughs> it's like I respect you, Yuma, but you know, fuck off, dude. Yeah. So, um, but but I'd rather play you guys than play play somebody like that because it, it's so frustrating watching somebody just just you look at them funny and they go down. So, and it. Like you said, it, it is going to depend on the ref a little bit here on Saturday. If if you guys if you guys get away with it, I get a little more frustrated because I'm like, come on, come on, guys. It was clearly a foul, clearly a yellow, possibly a red, and you guys didn't call anything. So, but I I, I just hate Doyle. I, I can't stand that guy. Good news: Doyle is in Indian Indianapolis now. He got loaned out to the, uh, to them. So. Well, I I'm, I missed that news, but I'm glad for it because that guy annoying as hell. The hugger. <laughs> so I'm on the same boat as you. Um, yeah, I'd much rather play. God fucking bless Jerry. Um, <laughs> I would much rather play San Antonio because it's actually a game. Yeah, it's a physical game. Um, I'm going to once again echo what Jacob just said, that Sandoval does not go down with just a feather blowing in the wind because he's a pretty big dude. So it's kind of hard to bring him down. And anyway. that's why when a five-foot-five guy bumps into him, so the dude flops like a pillow, dude. It's just The it's, only on. reason why he goes down is because he's probably tripping over Yuma's stupid ass because he's flopping over the field. I have to address this, Jerry. Usually I ignore Jerry. Usually I just let it go. It's not scary to play you, Jerry. We played you four times. You beat us once because of a two-minute lapse of judgment, and then we drew three times, and we were the better club for the majority of all of yeah, those games. That is true. So I'm not scared of you. I just don't like playing you because you guys don't know how to stay on your freaking feet. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I have a little bit more respect for Ketterer after the last game that we played here in Albuquerque, because the the section of fans closest to us just were railing on him the whole time. And then he made a, a nice save. I'll give him that. And they started railing on him. And he looked right at them and bowed. And I was like, okay, all right. I see you. You're fine. But he doesn't flop like everybody else because he's not out actually in the field. So well, I respect wait, wait, he... him. I respect he him and then get, fuck everybody else. He did flop once when he got ta- when he got tripped or tackled, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um <laughs> when they scored their tying goal. Um at like mm. the possible second. He did wind up on his ass. I found that funny as hell. Um I laughed. I blocked more. I blocked that goal out of my memory. I don't know what happened there. Uh, so Harry, what's been the what's been the biggest spark for you guys? I know that you know earlier in this season we, we talked on your show Sunday that you know PC had been out, some other players have been out injured. You know Gallegos has come in, been fantastic. Nathan's been fantastic. Um, what's been the really been the key for you guys um, in going Getting forward healthy. and converting those chances? Getting healthy. Um, the PC coming back makes a world of difference uh, for San Antonio. Um, t- you know, to me, him, him in the lineup. Um, just it, it's crazy to think that he makes that much of a difference because when you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't look like he does a lot, but just how he controls the game, you know, you know, there's a reason why he's a captain. Um, 
and I think Jose's got you know got a little bit more uh, creativity you know in him because the start of the season you know he was you know did a two week trial over at uh, uh, with Byron and then uh, uh, Barcelona I think uh, did a, a quick uh, stop there before he came back so uh, this is probably his last year here with San Antonio FC before he uh, moves over to Europe um, but to me just you know just getting healthy and having the bodies to be able to do what coach Marcina wants. And, and to be honest with you, switching to the three, four, three has been, has been a huge, huge deal. And then um, probably the biggest change here recently is bringing in Ford, although he may or may not be in the game. Most likely, I, you know, just with it being USL, I doubt he's going to be in um, just, you know, they typically don't reverse a lot of red cards. Um, but with having him, um, Tainter, you know, we loaned uh, Emil Cuello to Sacramento. They gave us back Mitchell Tainter. Um, uh, you know, you know, so the revamped back line, which is a little bit still tall, but look physical, but a little bit quicker, I think has also helped the defense quite a bit. And just, you know, San Antonio plays that pressure. And, you know, with Jose up top, you know, with his speed, Epps, um, and then of course uh, Nathan, you know, who's also quick, uh, they're they're able to do. But you know, they'll still miss you know the easy shots, and, and they'll do it. And then um, with the height on on free kicks, you know, having three center backs that are what six three, six four, you know, what uh, Axel Schoberg's what six seven, um, it makes a, makes a world of difference to be able to kind of control that. But um, on the flip side. San Antonio always gives up a goal. It's, you know, you, you look at Matt Cardone, even though he leads the league in saves, um, save percentage, pardon me. Um, you look at here, I think we've got five shutouts um, and two of them, two of them have came out of the last three matches. So maybe that's tightened up a little bit, but it's, it's, you know, for San Antonio FC, to be honest with you, it kind of, you know, it kind of mirrors a little bit with what New Mexico is kind of going through with the exception we did ours earlier in the year um, compared to what you guys have, because you guys have talent. It's just a matter of, you know, if, if, if the coach can, can find the right, you know, right pieces in the right system to be able to make it work. So we have the right pieces and the right system. We have one piece <laughs> fucking it all up. And I'm pretty sure we can go on with this every fucking night for the next year and a half. And it's going to be the same damn thing. There's a three-lettered human that gets on the pitch and just <laughs> kills the entire team. And I don't know why, and I'm not going to say the three letters because I don't want to piss the coach anymore because he was kind of short with us at the at the press conference. Um, so with that, um, I have one more thing to say is, hey, Beavis, he said taint. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> So Earl, I'm still waiting on you to ask your question of Troy about JPG, and you haven't done it yet. It's because he played good on Saturday. Well, he played good for Juan Pablo Guzman uh, on Saturday. So it wasn't the right time to ask. Had we so lost, every, I might have asked it. So every time that I want to ask why he keeps starting him, Juan Pablo Guzman decides to play decent. But then the next week... When he starts again, he plays like my favorite word of this season, booty. Um, and it brings that question back up to me. 
And then I'm going to ask it the next home game. And then JPG plays good. So it's like, why the fuck? Or doesn't play at all, one or the other. Exactly. Or comes off the bench and picks up a very quick yellow card. Um. So, yeah. So I haven't asked that question. I won't be able to get the chance to ask that question because I have some family obligations going on these next couple home games. Um. So maybe, maybe. Hopefully you won't have to next year. Right. So hopefully I can get Chris to ask these questions. <laughs> no comment. Um, Harry, would you say that PC is your guys's Yuma? Because that's what I say. I can't stand that guy. Yes. Just, just like okay. Yes, he, he. They're very similar to me, and and honestly, it's not a bad thing to have on your team. No, they're you just, love him when he's on your team, yeah, and you hate him when he's not. And that's why I have respect nightmares. for you. Yeah, there's nightmares to play against. That's all. I have a lot of respect for Yuma. Because he is a quality player, but he's a dude that he's a dude that just if he's not on your team, dude, he sucks. And, and you know, he's just he's he plays on that line, you know, like after the after the last match, you know, was when El Paso lost, he was I don't know what the hell happened, but. He went from hey, you know, going to uh, congrats, you know, congratulate, you know, the eighth notch fans that came over, you know, to Toyota Field and came down from, you know, from Austin to, to support El Paso to, you know, a brawl in the middle of the uh, middle of the field, you know, with with all the players and, and stuff like that, to where it was just stupid and, and just he does that stupid stuff that instigates and and you know, you know, he got escorted out, but you know, escorted out by security. Because he went, he went back down. It's just it's. This is Yuma in a nutshell. <laughs> this was taken on yes. a. I don't remember which match, but but um, hey, what are you doing? That's, that's he's like, played... he's like, at least at least solo Asante, you know Samuel from Phoenix. At least he has some production, and when he flops, you know he you know he flops like a damn fish on the field and, and rolls around, and and you know he makes it obvious. Yuma just, you know, he's worse, you know, in my opinion, you know, and, and I know, you know, I'm on your show here, so I'll be respectful. Um, he's, he's, he's like 10 times worse than Sandoval, uh, um, you know, for that here, you know, you know, I think, I don't know of anybody outside of El Paso that likes Yuma. We'll just leave it at that. You bring up Sandoval flopping again, and I, and I, I can Dude, see he, it. Some, I, I can see it sometimes. The difference between like Sandoval and Asante, though, Sandoval never gets the call. No, he, he well, he not very often, man. He doesn't get him, solo gets the call every freaking time. Which I've is seen, so I've seen Sandoval get leveled, like flat out leveled, mm-hmm. and not get a call. Whereas, if if Solomon hits the deck, there's gonna be a whistle. Yes. I don't know what well, it's gonna well, be, but it's gonna it's be a whistle. shown that he can freaking punch a ball in. And the U.S. was like, "Hey, good job!" And he can goes we... to the sidelines and says, "Hey, this is what I did." U.S. was like, "Good job! Nothing wrong with it." But you know, hey, it's the whole. We need VAR so bad. <laughs> we we do. There, there's that's you know I know you know in all seriousness, 
there's no excuse for this league not to have have VAR at this point. Most 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 stadiums, you know, even you know the Lab and, and you, know, you know El Paso Stadium, what Southwest Park, uh, I forget what it's exactly called. The shit you can set up cameras to where, you know, it may not be a hundred percent, but you know you can put a camera right on the goal to say, hey, did the ball cross along those lines? You know, it's it's un- yeah, it's not acceptable. I mean, you, I, I would like more cameras if we did a VAR situation, but you could do VAR just with the camera angles that we have now. Because the call correct, from, uh, from yeah. Miami, or not Miami, from uh, Tampa, Tampa anyways. And you could you could correct 95% of the mistakes that are made. I And this was my argument with the Weehan handball in the playoffs, is that mm-hmm. from the angles that we had... It's not 100% clear. You can't, you couldn't... Even if VAR was in place, I don't know if it gets changed. It doesn't. It doesn't get changed. It's, so you know, it depends on which sunglasses you're, you're wearing. Are you wearing San Antonio or are you wearing New Mexico sunglasses? That's that's and, that's that's how you're going to see that. And I try to be I, – I don't always succeed at it, but I try to be as unbiased as I possibly can when it comes to United. Bullshit. And with that, with that play in particular, looking at it as like a referee would through VAR – I don't know how you overturn that. So I don't. I don't think you with the angles that we had, obviously. Now, so, as a San Antonio fan, to me, it's a handball. Just like if, if it would have been scored yeah. against you, it it would have been a handball. Yeah. I just I got you. That's the fandom in here, but yeah. At, as far as like taking a, a step back and outside of the you know ribbing you know you know between the two fan bases, it's not getting reversed. You know, it's what's called was called, and and you know, like I said here, the refs. I know they get a bad rep, but they do a hell of a job 99% of the time. It's just that 1% that, it's, that it's, sticks out. Except for Chris Ruska. That guy. That guy. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I haven't paid too much attention to where Chris Ruska has been lately. but uh, He has not been nowhere. in the USL Championship. <laughs> I, looked, I look every week, and for four weeks now, he has not refed a USL Championship game. Oh, yeah. He's the one that did your uh, Loudon match. Yeah. yeah. That is that. Yeah, we're not going to relive that. So. <laughs> uh, so Harry's kind of talked a little bit about uh, you know what what San Antonio has been doing, how you know how they've gotten better over the season. You know, Jacob and Earl, what do you guys think are the key points for San Antonio trying to play against New Mexico? And if you were if you were their coach, how would you have them line up against us, and how would you have them game plan? I would leave so, the net wide open. <laughs> that's that's one way um, but really in reality and I don't want to say it because if any San Antonio front office personnel listens to a stupid podcast um, it's giving them the answer I will say this and I'm sure it goes for New Mexico United as well as well as any other league you would be surprised at how much the USL team's follow the the content that we you know that we put out um on you know on 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 social media and and these shows you'd be surprised at, at who actually listens to, to the to the uh to the stuff so my answer if i'm san antonio or if i'm the head coach of san antonio and i see jpg starting i'm attacking the shit out of the midfield that's the answer right there if you see JPG on the field, that's the place to go because JPG is what they say, and this is going to show my age, 
the weakest link. You're like 12. Shut up. <laughs> listen, listen. You probably don't even know the real re- weakest link. Actually, I do. You are. Oh, man. Oh, wow. He watches on the game show network when they do their uh, 90s recaps. Back in the pressure luck. To Look, be fair. I grew, I grew no up on, on TV, No Whammies, the original one with whatever the fuck the old guy's name was, um, where they all had like the 80s hairdo, the fucking bulbous bouffants and shit like that. Um, so, yes, I do know Weakest Link, Whammy, um, Newlywed Game, all those fun TV shows, Card Shark. <laughs> Back like to United. That. Anyway, back to United. Back to United. Um, I digress very easily. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the answer. Is if you see JPG on the field, attack the midfield. If not, I don't know what you really attack because we have some pretty good outside. Um, and then when we don't have JPG, we have a pretty decent in uh, midfield. Mm-hmm. I, I think that. If you're physical with Sandoval and they're not calling it, you probably have a pretty good chance of of at least a draw. Um, he he seems to check out in those matches for whatever reason. If he can't overpower somebody, um, but he's not going to be able to overpower because yeah, you know, I know San Antonio is one of the few teams that can match size by size to size across the back line with him. And, and I think that's one of the advantages that San Antonio has when they face New Mexico is Sandoval. Because Sandoval's – what makes Sandoval special is his size and his ability to to use his body to get – you know, to be able to not only, you know, create shots for, for you know, for his teammates, um, but also to be able to use his body to be able to create shots for himself. But against San Antonio, you know, where you've got guys that are just as strong, just you know, just as physical, I don't know. I don't know how that plays. <laughs> Which it, it depends. It depends on what United team we see. I mean, if we see the the Colorado Springs match from two weeks ago, it's it's going to be tough for you guys, no matter what we do. Um, I mean, we played almost perfectly that match. But that's going to depend on, one, is Rivas healthy and able to play? And two, if he is, will Coach actually take Guzman out and put Rivas there and and let Rivas create from that midfield? And if he does and everybody's on the same page like they were in that Colorado Springs match, it, it's, it's going to be a a high scoring game at the very least. I, mm-hmm. I think you guys can, can keep up with us though. Um, with the attacking talent that you have and the way our back line, if, if Tete is still out and it's Schmidt back there, is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If, if Seth, you do, you know, if was, was Schmidt one of the starters in that San Antonio match on ESPN two? I'll have to look. Um, I'm almost no, positive. Back, back three was Rashid Tedes. Ryden and Yearwood. That surprises me because I feel like your speed kind of got to us that match, and those are our three pretty fast individuals there. So um, I think if it's that same back line and our, our midfield oh, hold isn't. On. Hold on, I stand corrected. Hold on. That was the Colorado match that I pulled. 
It's not like I don't have internet. I could look it up too. I just don't. No, Jacob <laughs> doesn't have internet. He lives in the middle of nowhere. No, Justin was on the uh, left-hand side. Yeah, because right. I remember, I remember Gaigos just punishing him time after time after time. And so if if that's the case, if he's back in there, um, it it's going to be a back and forth shootout depending on what midfield we have. All right, uh, going the other way. You know, we've seen that we can at times, especially at home, we've been able to go out and put some goals up. But on the road, we've just been absolutely atrocious this year. Uh, two, seven, and four, I think it is, on the road. I mean, Why is that, just out of curiosity? And, and I've listened to your show long enough to know, and, and I don't want to start this discussion, but it seems like the a way you don't play as, as aggressive. I'll just leave it at that. I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, despite us not changing the system, we just don't seem to play as aggressively. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, <clears throat> who those central midfielders are. Now, you know, uh, against Austin, you know, two weeks ago, we sat down and we watched it, and and uh, Rivas was a, a extremely late scratch. Um, the t- the eighteen came out, Rivas was on it, and then he was scratched for an injury after the fact. And so you you see JPG. Uh, and a Zira there in the middle. And so there's no real, you know, connection going forward. There's no real, you know, momentum there. And so I think when we, when we sit back and we play like that and try to play on the counter and, you know, try to, I think, you know, we try to absorb the pressure a bit more than we do when we're at home and it doesn't necessarily work out as well. And so, it's just I, I don't know if it's if the mentality is we're gonna go ahead and try to get a point or if it's we're just gonna sit back and then we're gonna take our chances, you know, as we get them and not try to force the issue and potentially, you know, not put ourselves in positions to turn the ball over. I, maybe that's it. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's what it was maybe earlier in the year. I I think that there's a turning point that I I still think is going to happen. And it was that Colorado Springs match here at the lab. Moving Rivas back there and getting Guzman off the pitch, I think is the way we're going to play from here on out, as long as Guzman or as long as Rivas is healthy. So it's it's really going to come down to it, it comes down to who's on the pitch. And when Guzman's out there, especially with Azira, like Seth said, there's just no connection between the back line midfield and then it's like the back line's here the midfield's right behind that or right in front of them and then the attackers are way over here and there's just nobody to link up that that giant gap created there so that has been the problem not only i mean not only at on the road but also at the lab a lot of the time that has been the problem so i hope that Rivas is healthy and we can see that look that we saw against Colorado Springs. Otherwise it's going to be, I think it's going to be similar. It's going to be where, and it's so dumb because we played every road, every game on the road last year and played great on the road. And I don't know if, because we have a lot of the same players from last year, this year. I don't know if it's just them being relieved that they don't have to play every match on the road. So when they play on the road now, they're just like, 
oh, well, we'll be home eventually. It'll, it'll be fine. I don't know what's going through their head, but it's it's definitely been a problem. And I'm I'm happy that we've turned our, our home record around because for the first year, it wasn't nearly as good as it should have been. And this year, we've actually pretty much dominated at home aside from a late goal against Colorado Springs or against El Paso, uh, parked the bus against Austin, and then uh, the Loudon fiasco. <laughs> and even that match, you can look at and say we dominated it because we really did. We just couldn't find the back of the net. But that's the that is the key on this match is. When you look at San Antonio and New Mexico, it's whoever can put their shots on target. That's it, it's the the breakdown between San Antonio and New Mexico. It's as simple as that. Which team can can find the net? Or, it's not even finding the net. It's finding put shots on target, um, and, and that's the key. It's when you look at the stats from both games this year, and, and I think even if you go back to twenty nineteen or yeah twenty nineteen, it comes down to which teams put because. Both teams press, both teams attack, and in, in my in my opinion, they're very even. You know, as far as talent, it's very even. Um, you know, there, there's a little bit difference. You know, and you know, I think we're a little bit taller. Um, I think this year we might be a little bit quicker, which I don't think you could say that in the past. Um, but it's to me, it's all about who you know who you know. Because possession, like for San Antonio, they can live with 30 to 40% of the possession and still get quality shots on goal. But it's all about it's all about finishing. It's and I hate to say that, but that's what that's what it is. I mean, there's gonna be chances galore. I mean there always has been um when these two teams play. It's mm-hmm. and I mean it's been about finishing for us all year. And mm-hmm. and you touched on it for you guys earlier too. I mean if we put shots on frame, then then we're going to be okay. It's just that we had chance against Austin, or not Austin, uh, Real Monarchs Saturday was, I mean, it was a wide, wide, wide open net. Earl said he could have finished it. I don't know about that, but Earl said he could have finished it. And, I think Earl uh, would. And uh, he just, he just plum shanked it. Seth, you're our our, well, you were our preview writer. Um, what's your thoughts on, on this match coming up? This is probably our, our toughest match between now and the end of the season. These two, no. these two games, these two games with San Antonio. Well, I mean, I'm not, not, can't, not taking into account loose city, um, I, I think this Blue is the city San Diego. I'm more worried about these two matches right here than I am San Diego and Loose City. Because I'm fairly certain I know how both of those are going to go. Um, these these two matches right here, I think, are going to be incredibly important. Um, I I will tell I will say that they're more important than those other two. I I'm not sure I'm more scared. Um, probably this one being on the road. The one at home. The one at home, I penciled that as a loss. I think San Antonio and I know Jerry's going to love this here, but I think San Antonio's got two losses at least on the roster, and that's at El Paso and that's at New Mexico. Just you know, I think if if you look at the history, you know you you know you know we'll see come you know week game of the week and health and along those lines. Um, but I think 
for San Antonio away at New Mexico scares. Well, it doesn't scare me. Um, that's the wrong word. Just it's it, it's one where you know you're not going in favored. Yeah, and I think I think this year more than you know the previous seasons, I think that home field is absolutely more important. You know, last year with COVID and everyone you know traveling, I think that threw a lot of things out of whack. And you know, you didn't have fans in the stands in most places, and and I think that really played with the home field advantage theory. Mm-hmm. And so I think we saw a lot more results last year that we wouldn't normally see had there been that different level of atmosphere around it. Um, but yeah, looking at this one, like you know, I, I look at how how guys like you know Gallegos and Nathan are playing. They're playing out of this world. Uh, they're playing unbelievably well right now. Gallegos tore us up last time, and we just have not done anything on the road for whatever reason we just haven't and that worked that's what worries me most is that we haven't done well on the road i think we have the ability to go in there and win but whatever the mindset is that's whatever that mental block is this year i think that's what's holding them back and i and i don't think that we have enough to walk away with three points on saturday night making friends seth that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) <laughs> you know Jacob's i just minute. jacob speechless <laughs> so, so what's the score seth um come on i think it ends up either i kind of i mentioned it the other night on on, on harris show i think it's either gonna be like two 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 one for san antonio i don't think i just don't think we we can do it and it's not that it's not that I don't think we can win. It's just that we haven't shown it on the road. We haven't finished our chances. And I think we're, I think, you know, if we can't convert them, then we're going to really gonna shoot ourselves in the foot. We've been solid enough defensively. You know, I think our goals against average on the road is like 1.2 or something like that. I mean, obviously Phoenix skews that, skewed that up a little bit, but um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that, that's our issue is, is our forwards. And do we have that link up play and can we convert our chances? Earl, score. 2 2. 3 1. I don't, San Antonio. I don't think, yeah, I don't think we go into there, into San Antonio and come out with a win, um, especially since we won last week. So 2 2. You guys all sticking me. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Harry. I expect you to say 3 1. That's fine. Um, you want to elaborate on that, Harry? Or so San Antonio typically gives up a cheap goal at the end. Um, so I think it's uh, you know, I will say this: whoever scores first will win the match. I, I will, I will say that. So if 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 New Mexico gets the early goal, um, which could happen because San Antonio for what they had seven matches in twenty two days and they finally got a, a week off. Um, so you know, do you? Do you not know our MO, Harry? Our MO is to score the first goal in the first 15 minutes and then draw or lose still. That's especially yeah. this year on the road. Well, not in San Antonio, but uh well, we just didn't uh, score there at all. <laughs> so, but no, I, th- I I I just think the coming home what we haven't been home in what two weeks, two full weeks. 
you know, so uh, it's it's been a while. So hopefully uh, fans will turn out. Um, attendance has been uh, less this year than than historical. Um, I think that's everywhere, Harry. Yeah, I wouldn't feel too bad about that. But still, it's you know, you, you know, I know you guys are drawn down, we're drawn down, yeah. but you know, and it, it's just like with the lab. When Toyota Fields got six, seven thousand, it makes a difference. You know, when when what you know, the lab has what you guys can hold what twelve. Well, and this year, you guys average what eleven, twelve on average. It's just over over twelve last in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, in twenty nineteen, yeah, so. it was just over twelve. For that so, single to mile match, I think it was fifteen. Yes, it's you know, trust me, I, I uh, still have nightmares about that game. <laughs> um, but to, 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 to me, just how this series is, it's it's not a close series for whatever reason. Um, um, and the only thing that scares me is New Mexico is a desperate team. They need three points. Uh, they're getting to that point in the season where a tie doesn't help them. I, you know, it, it's it's you know you, you know you guys have got what eight nine games left. Um, nine, yeah. And you know RGV. I think RGV is going to turn it up, turn around, you know, turn around. They can't. You know, they're one on an eight game winless streak here. At some point, they're going to start to figure you know figure it out. Austin's on what three straight wins. I don't. You know they've got a new coach and, and you know you know. I blame you us. for that. I blame you for that, Harry. Oh, they're gonna pack it in. They're done, and then fucking yeah, three in a row. Three in a row. Well, they changed the coach, dude. Um, but you, you figure that run's got to end somewhere, just because they don't have the talent. But you know, hey, it's crazier things have happened. But I just, to me, the only thing that worries me is, is New Mexico is that desperate team. Um, or you're hope, hopefully they're desperate, you know, for, you know, for you guys that, uh, you know, we'll have to see how they show up. Cause you would have thought they would have shown up being the desperate team in, in Austin. And, and, you know, I think Seth mentioned, he watched it, watched it, what, three and a half times. Uh, three and a half, yeah. you know, why you tortured yourself that many times, I don't understand, but you know, that's a, it's a whole separate discussion, but you know, it, to me, like I said here, it's, it, I think San Antonio, cause it's, it's not just, uh, Nathan and 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 uh, and um, uh, Jose Gallegos that's on a roll. Epps has started picking up his scoring here recently. So you know the the three up top, and then Dylan who comes off the bench, which you know which is big like Sandoval is putting in goals. So they've got four four players that are in rhythm um, offensively, um, and then you know they, they play tough defense. You know. Uh, you know, especially even if Ford's out, you know, they've, they've got Varela. Um, if, uh, you know, Josser Kamiri comes back uh, from his injury, uh, which I kind of expect him to do so, you know, you know, it's the, the back line, at, at, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, 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 to score on, but it all comes down to the refs. I, I hate saying that with, with these tight games where uh, both teams, and you can say this is with every USL uh, match where, where, you know, you know, where, where one silly red card, you know, can make a difference in a game. Oh, if you look at the history, the pick should be obvious. It should be a San Antonio blowout just because the four matches that we have in the books already with you guys, it's whoever's at home typically. Well, has, the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Has scored at least three goals and and uh, 
and won pretty convincingly. But I I will say two one New Mexico, and and the if I knew Guzman was going to start, I would say three nil San Antonio, <laughs> uh, just because that's the mentality that they have when he starts is just not attacking whatsoever, and we get in trouble that way. But I, I do. I do think Revis will be back from what we heard at the match on Saturday. And, and I do think coach will play him and, and roll with what worked against Colorado Springs. And, and, and I think it'll continue to work. I think that, that um, it, we can at least get, get two, probably one's pretty cheap. One's a, a rebound or a penalty or something like that. But um, uh, I do think that that, that change will be made. And if that change is made, I like our chances. So I'm going to base my prediction off of the assumption that change is made. And we'll say two one New Mexico. So you think this week you can convert a penalty is what you're saying? No, no. Um, <laughs> well, wait, are we me? No, <laughs> that's what Devin, you just said. Jeep Devin, <laughs> Devin, maybe not. We for sure. I, I don't know why we doesn't so, take our PKs. Here's a question that I have because we we haven't played when we hands been been with New Mexico United this year. Um, what difference does he make for New Mexico um, compared to I forget who you guys had before, but obviously he wasn't you know the same talent as we had. He he's just he knows where to go, and and he's played with Devin for now three years well even more than that because i think they played together in college a little bit um amando played with them last year uh, so those three up top you know they have chemistry uh even though he came in late and and he just he he knows what we want he knows how to perform he knows the the right runs to make he can drop back and get the ball and kind of be a link up um, when we actually have a midfield that will link up up there. And, and then he, the, the wide open net aside from the Austin match or from the Colorado Springs match, he can finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen him already contribute two, three, two or three. I think it's three. I think it's three as well. We've already seen him through contribute three goals, two or three goals since he got here. And, I think not only that, but I'm a sucker for locker room um, chemistry and stuff like that. And and he just from from what we've heard from Coach and Devin and and Mondo and a few others, he's just a great guy to have around. And and when you have that kind of personality, both on and off the pitch, it it's just going to boost everybody up just a little bit. And um, but but technically speaking, I, I think him being able to create in tight spaces, come back and help link up and then finish have been the three things that I've noticed. And his creativity, um, which is part of all of that, is just what's what was one of the things that was lacking before we got him. So, you know, I don't know what time Earl has to leave here, but... Um... There was a tweet that uh, came out about the Weehans. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys, because uh, with the transfer deadline coming Friday at yes, I would love to see it. 4 o'clock, you think any chance? No. No. Not this year. 
this off season, this off season, sure, but not this year. There's no way this this year that the Monarchs let go of Charlie. There's no sure. way. No. There ah, would have to be a I don't know. good amount of money that gets dropped onto it, but I, I don't see it happening. I just don't see I just don't see it happening because we never really make moves in the middle of the season, and this year's kind of been different, but this year we've also made three moves, and it's also been to bring back three players from last year. So it's not... It's not in our ammo to bring in fresh blood in the middle of a season. So I just don't I don't see it happening this late. Here well, as a neutral, and I'm saying this as a neutral as a San Antonio fan, I hope you guys don't do. But if you guys are gonna make the playoffs, because you you guys have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know with your current roster if you get it done, but I think if you bring in some new blood or something along those lines, you know, especially on the attacking side. You know, because you guys are right there. Um, and, and that's why to me, you know, and I'm assuming you have an owner that that probably senses that. And, you know, I don't know what the pocket or the budgets wise of New Mexico United is. Um, but to me, if, if you know, if you can get into the dance, um, yeah, most likely you finish fourth. Although with Colorado Springs, you know, uh, loaning out, you know, one of their one of their uh, wingers. Um <sighs> To, to me, like I said here, you know, if you have the possibility of doing it, I think I think you got to pull the trigger. I will agree. I just don't see it happening. What about I, you, I think I think there's an outside chance of it happening, especially knowing that we're most likely going to be losing Amando Moreno again for international duty here in about a week and a half. He didn't get called up. That was that was just for the friendly. That's oh. not for World Cup qualifying. He'll he'll still be up there for World Cup qualifying. Yeah, that, that's my expectation. I actually asked that the other night in the press box, and they said they were going to look into it to see if that was actually if he was going to get called up or not. My expectation is that he will. And we've seen how things go when it's just Dev and Ilya up top. So I think there's an outside chance that we do bring him bring either charlie or someone else in who can play up top with a little bit more pace and someone that can help spell devon and give us you know just another another attacking presence up there so i think there's an outside shot but i'm not like 100 percent sold that's going to happen and to me it doesn't you can do a mls loan there's rumors uh that indy 11 is going to be announcing um, possibly a pretty big name uh, tomorrow coming back for, you know, for their late push. And, you know, at, at, you know, if I was a New Mexico fan, if, if, if the owner doesn't bring me, you know, or I guess it's not just the owner, if the team doesn't bring, uh, bring, bring somebody in, I, I'll just say I wouldn't be happy. Because <laughs> you know, even with San Antonio, I want them to bring in another player here because I think our, you know, our attacking midfield is a little bit weak since we lost uh, Emil Quayle. You know, as like we need, we need one more. To me, we need one more person that that has that attacking, that has that speed, that can fill that role. We don't have that now, you know, because we, you know, we moved him for um, a center back, which you know turns out to be, you know, is a good move. But there's a hole in the lineup, and and they did ship out Liam Doyle, you know, to Indy Eleven, so. 
you know, do they, do they pick up, uh, you know, hope, I'm hoping that they pick up somebody now, whether they'll do it or not. That's, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, all three of us have been crying for attacking help all season. Yes. But um, you, you mentioned the owner, and I don't think our owner has anything to do with the technical side. He has, and, and that's why I said I shouldn't say the owner. Yeah. And, and that's, he, you know, because Peter's, a, I think it's Peter, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Peter's a really good dude. He comes to the tailgates, and, and, you know, he seems like a pretty awesome guy down to, down to the earth. And, and I don't, I shouldn't say owner, but the, the technical side of it. Is, yeah, because I, because. Because Peter doesn't, Peter admittedly is not a soccer guy whatsoever. So um, it, it's all on Troy. Troy is the the head coach and the technical director, and and makes the decisions on the roster and and the starting lineup and tactics and everything like that. And it would be up to him. And and he he has for three years now preached small rosters and a family mindset. And I just don't see him pulling the trigger on that. Uh, although you could say with the family mindset that Weehan would be uh, a good choice since he is have, have family on the team. So, I mean, I'd love to see it. I, I've I've been impressed with Charlie since he's been since he made his debut with Real Monarchs. And, and I'll say this: I don't think the owner puts out that tweet without something behind it. Now, whether that's for this year or next year, that's you know to be determined uh, for that year. I'll just say that. Yeah, I was up in the air. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the roster freeze date is on the 24th, so three more days that clubs can make changes to their roster prior to the, to the end of the season. Uh, so who knows? Anything could happen. And, uh, you know, we, we've got our predictions in for this weekend. We know we, – I know we're all excited to sit down and watch it. I can't wait. Um, you know, I'll probably – I might. I was thinking of maybe actually doing something, you know, live, like maybe live watch along or something. Uh, so you guys are more than all three of you are more than welcome to hop on and, you know, uh, Harry will probably be at the match. So I'll be at the match, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll be watching from here. And, uh, so maybe we'll do something live on Saturday night and, and, uh, and, but, and I learned from the El Paso match, not to tweet during the matches because <laughs> <so laughs> the emotion gets a little, uh, a little high sometimes. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's why I'm glad I don't lie. I don't live tweet from my personal account. I live tweet from the radio station account. Um, so I kind of have to be, you know, more professional about it, but uh, I do try to throw some personality into some of those tweets whenever I get a chance, but, um, Harry, you mentioned something about, uh, the move that Colorado Springs just made. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that hurts them enough to drop them down the table? Cause I, I personally think yeah. that there's, there's, st- I think they're still going to be really good. The dude had eight assists. He did. He did. He's the one that he's the one that helps sets up Barry. Now, will I think it prevent? Will they slide all the way down? No, but do I think it impacts them a little bit? You're losing an ML, you know, obviously an MLS talented player. You're not replacing him with the the same the same level, yeah, the same level. Now it's late in the season, and I, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen this following social media. There's two ways to look at it. From the team aspect, it's awesome because hey, you know, you had a young player proved his worth you're letting him grow you're gonna get from my you know i don't you know rumors are it's what double what the record is supposedly there's a sell on you know if he moves on from uh, lafc so from a club aspect it's great however for current year it it you know do i think they not make the playoffs no but do i think that they slide down 
you know, they're already in third place. San Antonio holds the advantage. Um, I still think it, you know, could go neck and neck, but you know, there's, it's a fine line between winning these games and tying or, you know, you know, losing, you know, losing, you know, you know, losing by one. It's a very fine line on that. And, and, you know, Haji Berry's got 23 goals, but eight of those, you know, a lot of, you know, eight assists and, and you got to figure, uh, was it Naglina? I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Galina. Yeah. Galina, you know, he had, I think most of his assists went to him and, and you, you know, you lose, you lose that aspect because it was what Beckford, him and, and Haji Berry, mm-hmm. you lose one of those, one of those horses, you know, now they got a good coach, but <laughs> I've just, yeah. I've just been wildly impressed with them as a whole. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't know if like, if they, if you told me that they transferred out Haji Berry, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's gonna That's going to hurt them a lot. Um, but I think Haji's just a special talent. And, and the rest of that roster is strong enough. Um, I've had a hard-on for Colorado Springs all year, though. So, um, But you knew when they got their new stadium that they were going to get a bump. You know, yeah. the owner was going to put more money in, yeah. into the roster than, than what they did before. And, the, and, that, and that's why, you know, I know we talked to Seth on our show about the new stadium for New Mexico. That's why I think it's extremely important, you know, for, you know, for, you know, you know for the, you know, the residents to vote for it is, if you get your own soccer specific stadium, you're typically going to see, you know, you know, see a little bit more investment in, you know, into the, into the quality of, of the, of the roster. Cause you know, no offense, but playing on a baseball pitch isn't, isn't going to bring in the top players typically. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you just mentioned that earlier and I want to touch on it mainly because yeah. I've had a hard on, I, I just love Colorado Springs this year, but um yeah that was you it. don't think that they drop a little i think they could but i like i've just they've just impressed me so much from front to back and they just have talent and and like you said a good coach and i think what they have but their isn't... defense is so leaky and that's the problem if if you take away one of those goals just yeah. average one of those goals away those wins that they got early do they turn into ties, which is what, ha- you know, which is what happens with San Antonio, which is what's happened with New Mexico yeah. is instead of walking away with three points, you're walking away with one point, And that makes a huge difference. That's true. That's true. I, I, when you said that you guys were ahead of them, I kind of had a double take cause I hadn't looked at the standings in a while, but well, um, we, have, we have the, t- we won the tiebreaker uh, yeah. for them here. So we beat them. Um, even though we have one more match, we've won two matches and, and tied one. So we've already won the tiebreaker, uh, you know, you know, so gotcha. no matter what happens. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I could see him falling to third just with you guys, how well you guys are playing, mm-hmm. but, but I don't yeah, think they go to fourth no. and I don't think they go out of the playoffs. So, and, and I still wouldn't necessarily want to face them in the playoffs. I still think they're, they're a team that you catch, they catch you on the right night. Like, like they did with us when mm-hmm. we went to Colorado Springs the second time, Haji Berry just kicked our ass yes. almost single-handedly. Yeah. And, and if you catch them on the right night in the playoffs, that that could happen, and then you're that, screwed. That's that's anything. But yeah, to me the the so when it comes to to the playoffs here, El Paso or not El Paso, but the Colorado Springs defense is going to hurt them. It's it's just it just is. If unless they've tightened that up, they've allowed 
40 goals this year, you know, you know, RG, you know, Real Monarchs have allowed 42. And Real Monarchs are, you know, negative 21 goal difference, yet, you know, the switchbacks are, are 52. If if they drop some of, you know, if they drop, you know, let's say a half a goal a game, that that's going to hurt them quite a bit. Yeah. Outside of the playoff picture, there were two giant bits of news that dropped today. I don't even know if we call them bits of news, but uh, first announcement that I want to get to is the USL today announced the creation of a of the USL Super League, which is a women's fully professional league. They are applying for Tier 2 status uh, in the near future. And this well, league not the is near future. It's going to start in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The league's going to start in 2023. And you know, it's, this is going to be a big step up from the W league. Now, I don't know what sort of impact this is going to have on either of our two clubs. Now, I you know I know Peter's talked about bringing in a women's club, starting a, you know a women's club out here, and that's some, definitely something he wants to do. Um, and we've kind of talked about the possibility of that them going to NWSL because uh, that's what kind of something that Peter's mentioned. Um, Harry, how does this come into play for San Antonio? Are there any plans there for women's league, or how do you think this affects the USL as a whole? So for San Antonio, it is an interesting question because San Antonio has the facilities to be able to do a women's team as we speak right now. Um, we've asked Tim Holt, uh, the technical director, and he said it's in the future, but not in the near future. So, and this was what a year ago uh, that we um, had Tim Holt on, on our show uh, for that here. So, at the time, we were like, hey, why doesn't – because Toyota Field, to me, would be a perfect NWSL stadium. It seats about 8,200. You know, you, if you sell it out, it, it, you know, you know, it, it's a nice facility. Um, San Antonio, which is owned by the Spurs, um, you know, also in their history, just to, for full disclosure – had the San Antonio Stars, the WNBA team, and they sold them to uh, Las Vegas Aces, um, who retired Becky Hammond's number, uh, who never played, uh, you know, for the Aces. But that's a whole separate discussion. So here in San Antonio, it's it's kind of a mystery. Um, I do think that they will, um, just because I think I think USL is going to put some pressure on them, um, you know, on the teams to kind of help get this league started. And I think for San Antonio FC um, to be able to get into the women's academy, because right now they have a fully funded, you know, uh, you know, boys academy, you know, you know, for the, you know, for the men's side, and they've had success with it. Um, but it's kind of a glaring thing to, you know, especially in today's society, you know, if you're only focusing on, you know, the men, you're losing half the audience um, without, you know, going in, in, in that direct, you know, too far in that direction. So, I would like to think San Antonio is going to be one of the leaders, um, but to be determined is if is if they will. So um, I wish I had a better answer for you. Just the history of Spurs Sports and Entertainment is a little bit checkered on that, um, where they did have a WNBA team but sold it and haven't really invested in the women's sports here in San Antonio since then, at least publicly. Jacob, I mean, Harry and I were kind of talking about this earlier, and just this just came out of left field. 
Like we didn't expect this news to drop at all today. I mean, what's your take on this? You know, with with Peter's comments about the NWSL and a future women's club here, do you think that that's still the option, or do you think should United, United does start a women's club? Is the USL Super League uh, a better option for them? Probably. I mean, it it, it makes more sense to me to. If we get a soccer-specific stadium and and have the ability to have a women's team, then then uh, I imagine USL would probably want to keep it in-house and not uh, not have us go after an NWSL or something like that. Even though um, I, I think we could support whatever we wanted to do here, but if that comes to fruition, which the USL for all its flaws uh, is a growing league and seems to have at least some kind of idea as to what they're doing. So I, I think we, I think we see it and we see it in New Mexico just because I would assume that they would keep the black and gold and, and have the USL, be able to be under one roof in New Mexico just it just makes more sense. So here's a question to you, Seth. NWSL we'll, we'll just put it kindly, has been making some some errors, we'll we'll say. Mm-hmm. The women's game still a little bit like the Wild West at this point where I don't think there's clear uh dynamics on what division one is for the women's side as of yet. And if you look at the picture um, or the, the pyramid that, uh, that um, USL tweeted, they left, you know, going across um, from where, you know, league one is open. So -hmm. they have, you know, the super league, a space, and then the W uh, the, the W league. Um, for that here. So they, they equate the W League, and I think the teams that you see coming in kind of go more with that League 2 PDL or the smaller smaller teams, you know, along those lines. I think it'll be interesting to see if they can get this established with, you know, rumors are that they've got 10 teams lined up, you know, possibly more, is, and I guess based on the rumors is that they're also going to be under the USL players um, uh, agree, you know, agreement. So there'll be a collective bargain um, in there is do they contend with, you know, be in division two or after a couple of years, they move up and, and try to overtake NWSL because NWSL is not MLS. Right. It's got, it's got, you know, 10 teams, what, 12, well, no, I think it's 12 teams now. Um, one of them being, or two of them being USL league owned owners with North Carolina and, you know, uh, you know, Louisville was Louisville racing mm-hmm. um, on there. So I do wonder if on the women's side that this is just USL's attempt to, Hey, we're going to get in with a professional league here, get it started with some core franchises and then, you know, you know, obviously it's not going to be immediately, but if NWSL, you know, keeps having the growing pains that it's having, could, you know, could you see USL challenge, uh, challenge for that, you know, division one slot 
um, you know, in the future? That, that, that would be my question. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And it's something that definitely needs to be asked. You know, I know the NWSL reach isn't huge by any stretch of the imagination. I know they've had issues uh, with like player contracts and things like that. And, and uh, you know, I know they've had some other issues lately as well. And I mean, it, it very well could be. I mean, you know, with the USL stepping in, you know, having that academy level and then, you know, the, the semi-pro and then you mentioned that, that gap in the graphic. And I saw that as, okay, that's really interesting. You know, like, is that like a permanent thing or is it just because uh, you know, it, it makes it seem like there's gonna be something else there's gonna be you don't you don't make that graphic without yeah. knowing that in the future that you have plans for something else now I, I do think that they are smart on not trying to force it all at once um and in i think what kind of surprised me a little bit is when Originally, when the women's league was announced, it was supposed to be professional. So you thought that it, you, initially when I thought it was going to be the super, you know, now the super league announced first. But I'm wondering with COVID and, and you know, I'm assuming other, you know, back office, you know, compliance stuff that, you know, that, you know, that took a little bit longer to get off the ground. And that's why the W league was announced first. That's why, you know, if you noticed not a lot of USL championship teams are in that league. I think Hartford is, uh, you know, is, is one of the few, but Tampa's not rising, not San Antonio's not New Mexico's not, but I think New Mexico is more waiting to see if they get their stadium. Um, Colorado Springs, you got to figure is an attractive market with their own stadium um, for the So there's several USL markets that you would think orange County, um, you know, they're in a hotbed for women's soccer, you know, the loyal, none of those teams were announced at this point, you know, for it here. And that to me was kind of what's going on. And now with them finally announcing the super league, it kind of, to me, it kind of makes a little bit more sense on, you know, cause we were frustrated. Hey, why isn't San Antonio FC, you know, especially if it's a pro, you know, if, if it's an amateur pro amateur team, why wouldn't you try to put a team into there just to say, Hey, you're in the women's game, you know, have it, you know, it doesn't really cost San Antonio FC a lot to, to put games on, you know, at Toyota field. Why, why wouldn't you do it? You know, why wouldn't you do that? But we'll see. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting what happens with this over the next couple of years. And especially once it launches, which clubs partake, do they, you know, obviously they're going to more than likely bring in independent clubs as well. Um, I mean, is there, you know, obviously there's enough interest in it for them to want to do it. Can they sustain that interest? Can they build the league up? And yeah, you know, I, I think if if it catches and there's enough interest in it from the public, then you know, if NWSL does continue to struggle, I think there is the possibility that USL could maybe get that you know Division One licensure, which I think would be fantastic, not only for the league but for you know for uh, for USL as a whole, for 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 women's soccer, and I think that's just you know, it's providing more pathways. And that's something that they keep talking about in a lot of their interviews and articles is, you know, pathways to pro opening opportunities for, for folks to, to have you know, either on the pitch and front offices, you know, through, through coaching. And I mean, there's a, there are a lot of potential positives from this. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what clubs 
you know, step up and say that they're going to field a team here and, and uh, see what happens over the first couple of years of its existence. So here's a question for you guys. Um, and I know it may be tough, but let's, let's say it is announced. Do you think New Mexico is, you know, you know, one of those teams that hops on early, or do you think that they'll have to wait for their stadium to get here? Like, is there, is there a place where they could play, um, you know, you know, play in, in Albuquerque or, or, or in the state because, you know, uh, New Mexico United is, is a state team. Is, is there a spot where you could see maybe where they start out for a year or two while the stadium gets built? Oh, uh, St. Pius maybe, or maybe Nusinda uh, community stadium, you know, um, cause I, one of the issues that we have now is scheduling, you know, mm-hmm. around the ice yeah. around the UNM stuff like that. I mean, potentially UNM soccer complex, but I, you know, I just, I don't know. I think that would be the most likely option, but again, it comes down to scheduling. What about you, Jacob? Do you think that you think that they jump in early or you think that they wait for the stadium? No, I, I, I think they wait for the stadium. Um, unless maybe in November, if it passes, and and the stadium is is all systems go and we know officially that there's going to be a stadium then uh then maybe UNM but but UNM UNM kind of sucks uh they just they want to charge the crap out of you for using their stuff and and they don't provide you with a lot of support with it and uh, we played two matches there Seth we played yeah. the Cardiff the Cardiff city friendly. And then we, we were supposed to play Colorado Springs in a preseason match last year. And it, it got, got canceled, moved, it got canceled because of weather up there. So, um, <clears throat> I think maybe if we've, a, we'd have played a little bit more there uh, as it stands now, and maybe they had a little bit more of a rapport, I could maybe see it, but my gut says they won't do it until the stadium is, is up and running and ready. And, and the stadium is not going to be a pop-up, right? It's going to be correct. Normal, normal. Well, I I could see a pop-up being the situation if this doesn't pass. Uh, I could see them going the route of of doing a pop-up in Mesa del Sol, uh, which uh, I know you don't understand that area, but they they practice and have their facilities about ten fifteen minutes away from downtown uh, and the university. And it, it's kind of like a little random subdivision that there's not a lot out there. Uh, there's there's a a soccer field that they that had been there for a long time that they've kind of fixed up. There's a our big concert pavilion is out there, and some building some some office buildings stuff like that. But there's not a lot there, and they've been very against putting the stadium out there, even though there's a ton of land. Uh, because they really want to rejuvenate the downtown area, mm-hmm. and that's that's what Peter really thinks is is needed for the community. But if this bond does not pass, and they do not get that money as a backup plan, I could see them taking Mesa del Sol, where they play, where they practice, and then where they had the preseason games and where the academy plays. I could see them turning that into a pop up, uh, turning that area into a pop up if necessary. But but the plan no the plan is for a a, a legit stadium a very nice um, multi use stadium there that will be mainly United's but will be used for other things as well. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in November. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about it and, you know, I, I know that we're, you know, we all hope that the bond passes. I mean, I would hate to see what happens if it doesn't, but cause you know, cause there's a lot of things that the club wants to do. There's a lot of things that Peter wants to do. And I mean, I think there's a lot that could be accomplished, you know, if we do get uh, the funding for the stadium approved and, you know, it, it just, I think it'd just be a heartbreaker if it, if it doesn't happen. So. All right. The one last tiny, tiny bit of news that dropped today. Um, ML, well, I guess I should say CONCACAF has announced that, uh, well, a, a joint announcement between MLS and Liga MX. Uh, they announced a new format for the League's Cup. Starting in 2023, all clubs for, from MLS and Liga MX will participate in a World Cup-style League's Cup. While this is going on, both leagues will pause their domestic campaigns for one summer month. It will be a, a World Cup-style tournament, and there, and the uh, this tournament will result in three CONCACAF Champions League spots being awarded to different clubs. And and Harry, you had a, you put out a tweet uh, about this that I thought was just fantastic. Uh, so CONCACAF, is there any reason why at USL Championship League One, these uh, could not have one slot for for uh, CONCACAF Champions League? When Liga MX and MLS have a combined 14 slots, uh, U.S. Soccer give the Open Cup to the lower leagues and that one CONCACAF Champions League slot. So, I mean, this is a massive change to not only our MLS, you know, calendar year, because I mean, not you're going to have to you're going to condense, uh, you know, a number of months worth of matches into other months. You're going to have uh, I mean, you're, you're going to have you know, a, a basically a full Champions League of MLS and you know Liga MX, and I just don't know, man. I I look at this and I say, okay, great, a tournament. We see you know US and Mexico. They've been talking about a partnership for a while now. I don't think this is a partnership we all had in mind initially, but I just I don't know where I'm at with this personally. So. To me, you have the MLS schedule, right? Do we think that they're going to cut games back? Probably not, right? Right. They're probably going to keep the same amount of games. They got this League's Cup that they're going to take off a month off. They still have CONCACAF Champions League. They still have what there's another league's, you know, I think there's another tournament that they have um, as well, and the Open Cup. Gold Cup, the Gold Cup. Well, that's not taking. That's not talk. That's just talking MLS. And this is not even talking about. You know, mine doesn't even talk about the Canadian Championship uh, that um, you know gets a slot that's typically filled by an MLS team, or you know the Canadian Premier League, which I think is a lower level league than 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 USL Championship getting a slot. But just looking at the MLS, so you got Leagues Cup, CONCACAF, Champions League, Open Lip, and MLS. How are you fitting that in in a schedule that starts from March and you figure the playoffs ends, let's say, no, you know, November, um, which, you know, if you're playing in the north, November's kind of your Colorado as an example. It's, you know, you're talking about how many games are you scheduling? And you're taking a month off. 
So it's not only that you know you're scheduling, but you're pausing your season for a month. You know, and they've talked about it's going to be July, August. You know, late summer is, is the rumor that they're going to be doing it. I just something has to give, and if you're MLS, they don't. Let's be honest, the Open Cup doesn't generate a lot of revenue. Now it's great for us as lower league fans, but for Concacaf, they don't really give a shit about you know the Open Cup. U.S. Soccer obviously doesn't give a you know any shit about the Open Cup because they canceled it this year. Yeah. So you know, as a lower league, as a lower you know a fan of the lower leagues, and, and you know what are you know what are you supposed to think? You know, it, it's already heavily tilted towards you know MLS to begin with, but. I don't see how you, I don't see how you, I don't see how you fill these, you know, play this schedule. If you're an MLS player, I just, you know, how many games you're going to put in, you know, I know San Antonio played seven games, you know, in 22 days. And it's just, it was, it was nuts. You know, the players basically hopped on a plane, played, hopped back on a plane, played, where are you supposed to recover, you know, you know, recover as an athlete. I think that if MLS is smart, which is debatable at times, I know, but if they are, they will cut regular season MLS games for this. It, assuming these are at least half of these matches are going to be played in, in the U.S., the benefit that they can get from getting Mexican eyes on the MLS product as long as these teams take it seriously and actually want to put a good product out there. It's a whole separate discussion on that. It is. Um, which I, I personally think they will if they, if it's not going to be too much for the players. If they, if they shorten the schedule and just take out six games, seven games out of the schedule completely, even if it's just four or five, they take that out of the MLS schedule, throw them away and just replace them with this, then the benefit of the viewership numbers going up, I think, can outweigh the loss of those games. Here's the problem. When they say World Cup style, that tells me it's not a home-and-home home, home thing. It's, you know, hey, that's going to be at select cities. You know, you're going you're, you're gonna to travel right. around. I get that. It's going to piss some of the home fans off. Well, you're going to lose that gate revenue. Now, the question is, is how much is that gate revenue? And, and, you know, to me, that's that's debatable, you know, on that. Yeah, but but you're telling my thought process is this. If you get a final four of Kansas City, New England, Tigris, and Monterey, those... The, the revenue that's generated from having that at a big stadium, because they'll put it, they won't put it in, they probably won't put it in. A, it's going like, to be at a big stadium. Yeah, yeah the finals the, is going. They'll do it like the like the U.S. games. They'll put them in in the Dallas stadium or something like that. They'll try to sell as many tickets to that as they can. They'll mm-hmm. sell the TV rights for 
for quite a bit because it'll be on Univi- Univision and and here and it, it's it's just going to make them. I, I don't think money is going to be lost because of this. And in the long run, with what MLS and and League MX is trying to do, and trying to become not necessarily one entity, but basically share the same fan base. It's a smart move if that is going to work. And I think it will. Well, I understand it from MLS's side. I, I truly do. And I even understand it from Liga MX side. Here, here's the issue that, that I that that um, the, the, that I see with it here. And, and the thoughts just went out of my mind. Um, uh, I just lost it. If it was about USL and how they're affected, well, no, it's not. It's not even about USL. Is so the only way I could see this working, and, and I is you'd almost have to do it east and west, where you have the Eastern Conference, you know, the the 16, 17 teams in it. You know, you play your home and away. The East, you have your home and away, and then how you do the interconference is partly through this here, as well as with 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 Liga MX. Um, that's the only way that, that I can see this working, um, you know, you know, for that here, I just think, well, no, here's what, here's what my other thought was, is if you, if MLS is serious about performing and be able, being able to contend in this, they're going to have to raise the salary cap, take away some of the funny math that they do to be able to, to be able to compete seriously with a Liga MX team. They're, They're, We've seen it in, 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 you know, in champions league, you know, can they beat some of the, the mid-level teams? Sure. You know, and it's 50, 50, but there's a reason why, you know, you know, MLS has never won it is, is because they don't pay salary wise. They don't pay enough. And, and, you know, with the funny map, the three DPs, the, the, you know, you know, the three under 22s now and, and stuff like that. They're slowly doing that, but if they're really going to be serious about doing this, like like you're saying that they're going to have to do, they're going to have to open up the the pocketbooks and and you know let's say for instance you know the new owner you know you know you know Dallas as an example because they just fired their coach. The owner the hunts are going to have to start you know yeah you're great at, at developing players and selling them and, and along those lines, but your first team roster sucks. And, you know, if, if all the teams are going to be in the playoffs, like Cincinnati, can you imagine Cincinnati, you know, playing, playing some of the top teams, they're getting rolled now, you know, with MLS, let alone playing, you know, club America. But does, if they change the, those teams like, well, FC Cincinnati is a totally different thing because they just suck. They just are a terrible well, organization. Too, you yeah. know, to be and, Cincinnati. and um, but like Dallas, I don't, I don't think no matter what you do, Dallas is going to change. Dallas is yeah. has has built that foundation of having the academy and bringing people up and selling them on. That's what they've built their whole identity on. Correct. And and even if you change the rules to where say, hey, you could spend this much more money, or there's no salary cap whatsoever. I don't know how much Dallas changes in that scenario. I, I don't see them going out and signing Messi and bringing him over here, or uh, or, or anything like that. That's just not who they're going to be. They're going to be this team that 
that is just there to grow the academy, you know, play the kids and sell the kids on. And I'm okay with that. We don't, I don't think you need team one through 24 uh, or however many they're going to end up with. I don't think you need that, all of them to take this thing seriously and compete, but you need the Kansas cities. You need the LAFCs. You need the Seattle's. You need the Portland's. You need the New England's. You need the New York City FC. You need Red Bulls. You need those bigger clubs to do it. And the whole salary cap situation is is a whole that's a whole other can of worms. That, that's a whole podcast. Yes. Yeah. That 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 we could get into, but in the grand scheme of things, with the way I see MLS and Liga MX trending towards with changes, little changes here and there that are going to, I think be made. I I'm, I'm excited about it. We'll see what the, the fine tooth details are, the scheduling, the, if it's East and West, if, if it's, you know, just you MLS pods groups and then league MX groups. And then, well, and then it can't it be that it's got it. If it's going to be world cup style, there's going to, you know, you're going to have a draw. Right. And let's be honest, MLS is smart, you know, and Liga MX is smart. They're going to they're gonna make a production out of this. They're going to have the draw. They're going to have – I, I think MLS will put a, put a good show on. The question is, is what are they sacrificing to be able to accomplish this? You know, right. because what other – seriously, what other league outside of Olympics or um, – the World Cup puts their league on hold for a month. The right. hockey did it, you know, hockey and NBA did it, you know, for, you know, for Olympics. And I don't even think it was for a month, but I know hockey did it. They're, they're probably the biggest one that mm-hmm. did it, you know, because, you know, hockey in, in, in you know, in the Olympics is huge. Mm-hmm. What other league will put their, will, will put their league on hold for a month and for for Liga MX it's not really a big deal because it's right at the start of their season for MLS it's the heart of their season it's right before the playoffs and you're going to say hey we're going to put a pause on it that's the part to me where and I understand why they're doing it you know let's be honest Liga MX is the most popular league here you know in the United States it's not even close you know even you know you know even the EPL doesn't you know doesn't come close to the numbers but you know it's it's you know to me I wouldn't say it's necessarily a money grab because I do think you know money's behind the decision yes but I do think for MLS they're trying to take that next step and this is going to help push them to do that. The problem is with MLS, they look at MLS only. And from U.S. soccer's aspect, this, in my opinion, hurts the lower leagues because it creates more, it creates a bigger separation between MLS and the rest of rest of U.S. soccer. Well, I, I think there's two things that I think I'm, I've resigned myself to that have helped me just completely separate the things is is one the usl championship is never going to be anywhere on the same stratosphere as mls in in 90 percent of the population's eyes it's it's just it's never going to no matter what u.s soccer decided to do it's just it's not going to get there so u.s soccer has basically said all right usl is the redheaded stepchild they're going to be their own thing. They're going to do their own thing. If they want to have regulation, regu- <clears throat> promotion oh, and regulation, yeah. If they want to have that between their, uh, 
their little layers there, then okay. But it's it's never going to get to MLS and and tier one level, and I'm okay with that because I know even if I'm not okay with it, it's not going to change. So why stress about it and freak out about it when it, it nothing we can say or do is going to change that? And then two, MLS is is doing what they think is best to grow their viewership and their numbers. And that's how it's going. That's how the MLS operates. Correct. That is the MLS period. Nothing we can do or say is going to change that either. So when you separate those two things and look at it from that way, this move makes total sense to me and is probably going to boost their revenue and their numbers by quite a bit. If, if they make sure to nail some of the finer details and the teams take it seriously. And I think that's why they're shutting down the season is they don't want teams to be able to use regular season MLS games as an excuse not to play their, not to play their stars. So they're like, okay, well, you know what? We're just going to shut the season down and you don't have that excuse now. So play your studs and let's take this thing seriously. And let's make us all more money. And I think that's what will happen. Yep. The, the only thing that I will say is, and this is for being a, a lower division fan. And I say this about San Antonio FC is without that MLS care, we'll, we'll say, um, without the ability to go up, Let's be honest. Sports is typically a losing, you know, you don't go into sports to make money. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So without that carrot, how how much how much turnover in teams? Like here in San Antonio, there's some fans that are like, hey, San Antonio is not coming back next year because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, that's stupid. But, you know, it, it's it's out there. And, and you can't ignore it with Reno you know, they're, you know, Fresno and, and I know Fresno is coming back at, you know, Monterey Bay, but that's, that's the issue is, is the, the club turnover in the lower leagues. And, 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 and it's not, to be fair, it's not MLS's job to have to worry about that. I completely understand that. And that's why to me, my biggest issue isn't so much with MLS and, and I think this will be fun to watch and, and will I watch it? Yeah, of course. Um, will I go pay the money to go see the tickets of it? Hell no. Cause it's, you know, you've, you know, just like with us soccer, they're going to, they're going to charge an arm and a leg to be able to go see it. Uh, most likely. Um, but That's, they'll do that for at least like the semifinals and finals. Oh, I, this whole thing's going to be expensive at least. Early. Yeah, probably. So, but I, I'm on but, the cheap side anyway. So but, I, won't say. I, I think that if you, like you were talking about the club turnover for the smaller ones and not having mm-hmm. that carrot. Uh, I think if you just get a devoted little fan base, it doesn't have to be a lot. So like you guys, you said your stadium holds 82,000. Typically and, we, we have probably between 5,500 to 6,500 pretty consistent, which I think for San Antonio FC, I think, you know, just kind of looking at the numbers and, and the salaries, I think they do. Okay. Um, 
you know, for, and that's part of the reason why I don't think San Antonio FC will go anywhere. Right. Is because they have a cheap deal with the city and county, you know, for Toyota Stadium um, or Toyota Field, pardon me. Um, you know, I think the seat, well, they had more season tickets. It's kind of dropped down with COVID and, and performance and along those lines. But I think if it picks back up and they pick up their marketing, it'll be all right. That that's that's the only concern. But you know, you know, if Colorado Springs didn't get their stadium, I don't think Colorado Springs is here. Well, and that's that's what I was getting at. Was it? It's it's about the stadium. Reno folded yes. because they couldn't get a stadium. Correct. Fresno folded because they couldn't get a stadium. Get a stadium. If you, I, I kind of feel like what the USL is doing is taking a bunch of darts and just chucking them at the dartboard and seeing what sticks. And if they hit a home run with El Paso and New Mexico, they can let Birmingham and some of these other middling clubs eventually fall away. I don't want that, obviously, but with as many clubs as they're coming out with in the championship, I mean, it's going to be like 40 at some point. Well, if you look, they've slowed down. They have, but, but I think that I don't, I think big picture, I'm not sure the USL is thinking they're going to have a 40 team first division. I think they, they are throwing 40 teams out there and they're going to see what works and what, what can create a solid little fan base. And, let the other ones okay sorry sorry fresno i know you guys had you know probably a thousand really good fans but you couldn't get a stadium we're just gonna cut you loose and we'll replace you we'll move you to monterey bay whatever and then eventually they'll have a core of solid teams that they don't have to worry about and then they can build their pro rail from that and and that's what's gonna happen so Seth, since you're the MLS fan here, you know, being Atlanta United, what's your thoughts on, on it here? You know, since, you know, I, I'm not sure if Jacob's an MLS fan or not. I, I'm obviously, I am. I, uh, am. I, I uh, they're not my favorite. I follow my route, you know, I, you know, the Rapids I've been to, you know, I've been to all the Texas teams with the exception of Austin and that'll change next year. I just can't do it year one um, just because of how San Antonio got picked yeah. over, but. Uh, your thoughts, Seth? You know, I think I think this is a very shrewd move by MLS and Liga MX. I think this is it's going to build the the fan bases for both of those leagues. But in terms of everybody else, everyone else is screwed. Um, I already ha- have an issue with the Concacaf Champions League scheduling because it comes uh, in the middle of the MLS offseason. season, mm-hmm. and so. You know, you got to think now, like if you if if you're one of these, you know, what, 14 teams now, nine teams, MLS teams that get that can qualify for CONCACAF Champions League. You know, you're going to potentially be playing soccer from you know, February, January, February up until November. And but even to- if you stop that, take that break in the middle there, like, again, <laughs> MLS is they've got to figure out a way to cut regular season games change the playoff format something and you know how many games do you cut but even then like you take that, that month long off from the regular season you go into this this world cup style thing you know how many matches are you playing in that time span you know you if, if you go with the group play and then the knockout stages and all that kind of stuff i mean you're still potentially playing you know 10 matches in a month 
you know, give or take. I, I, again, we don't know the exact format of it, but okay. you know, I, I, from a player perspective, I think there's, I think you're increasing the risk of injury if you don't cut games out. I don't, and depending on how how the format of this is, I mean, you've got teams that are, you know, a going to lose out on revenue or from you know from gates from from the gates and concessions and things like that. But I, I think as a whole, I think. I think it grows MLS and League MX, but not soccer. I, I don't think it grows soccer as a sport within the U.S. I mean, I, I'm glad we're getting a, we're having a continental cup, which I think is great. You know, we we all watch, uh, you know, we watch uh, Europa League, we watch Champions League. You know, the the continental cups over in Europe, and you know, it's really very good competition. It's very good soccer, but I just I, I watched. I look at this. I'm going. I just don't know. It's meant to build the two leagues, and that's all it's going to do. Well, I mean, I guess I'm running off the assumption that one, they will cut regular season games because I, I don't, I don't know how you don't do that, and the gate loss and stuff like that. I think that money will be made up tenfold with with this thing, and then two, I just. I separate my fandom from the USL and lower league and US soccer and MLS and everything else. They're just two separate things to me. I don't, I don't try to connect them in any way, shape or form. And uh, I'm glad. Thank you for muting there, Seth. I'm, I'm glad you didn't pull an Earl and uh, just shake the ice in our ear again. But uh, I, I just, I think they'll do a good enough job where it's not a clusterfuck. If they screw up the scheduling and everything like that, then then I it probably won't be here that long anyways. It'll it'll something'll change eventually, but No, I disagree. I think this will be I think well, this will be here for a while. So let me let me rephrase it. I I don't think it'll go, but I think changes to the schedule will be made mm-hmm. if they don't do it in year 1 and year 2, say and the players start talking and maybe they see an uptick in injuries. The, the quality of the, of this, this champions cup thingy is, is a league's cup thingy is not, not what they thought it would be. I think if they see that, then they'll make changes to the schedule to make sure that this is what they wanted it to be. But the, the, you, you spring this news on us or they spring this news on us. And then we talk about it within 24 hours of it coming out and we don't know. We just don't know. We we don't know what what they're we don't know any details. We know what they tell us, which is like, hey, there's this big thing, blah blah blah, and that's it. I I'll I'll be curious to talk about this maybe in the off season if we get some more info on it, and um and what their scheduling is going to be like, kind of a little bit more of the format, and and then go from there. Maybe maybe not this off season, maybe next off season, but eventually. Um, I, I'm excited for for that conversation more so than this one, just because there's so many unknowns. So here's my final thought. So I've got two things on here. Number one, it's set up as a 47 team. I think, I think that they're good. The 30th, the Sacramento team is going to be announced sooner than later. And I bet you it starts in 2023. And that way you get the 48th team, which if you divide that, you know, four, you know, you have four in each group, just like you do world cup. That gives you 12, um, you know, 12, uh, 12 Groups. pods. Mm-hmm. The other thing here, and this is, this is the reason why I 
give a little, you know, give it, you know, a caution flag for the Open Cup. Liga MX, with this announcement, already canceled their Open Cup, the the Copa Mix, uh, the hmm. Copa MX. So they already canceled that. So you, that's why I say that you know, as an Open Cup, you can't you can't be naive to think that you know, from an MLS aspect here. If they have to choose between, hey, MLS teams playing in um, in the Open Cup or playing in this, you know, where are they going to choose? Because you're right. I think MLS, you know, as much as, you know, I, I give MLS a hard time, um, I, you know, I, I do think if they do this right, you know, not only do I think it's going to go here, but I could I could see them expanding this in different areas. Uh, of the of the you know uh, you know of the world you know where where you kind of you know bring these you know bring these teams in with different different leagues you know in, in the different areas to um you know like they have the club world cup i think this could be a substitute for that here where you know if the, you know where where if it brings in that success and um you know let's be honest if, if it's a us versus you know mexico final you know you know you know whatever team it is you know, let's say it's Atlanta United Club America in the final. You know, who's not going to watch that? Right. Hey, hey, the Open Cup doesn't cross my mind yet. We'll have to see what what they do there. But to me, the MLS doesn't take the Open Cup seriously, anyways. So well, they don't have to. Right. So there's even with this new edition of of this thing, they're still going to play scrubs and kids for the first two rounds that they're in it but here's the problem where the tournament is scheduled is normally when you see the finals of you know the semifinals and finals of 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 the uh, of of the open cup now could they push it back sure you know yeah you know or move it forward you know because to me the uh, you know uh, i think the open cup needs some changes to begin with you know know, why, why do we have teams qualifying now in the lower you know lower leagues you know the the amateur teams. Why are they qualifying now for a tournament that's not going to be played until next year? So you're locking in players that play for you know let's say San Antonio Runners or you know Southwest you know the El Paso Southwest team because they played today. I'm not sure if there was a New Mexico team you know involved on it. Why are you locking in the players to those teams now when you know we're not even in the current year for when the Open Cup's going to be played? But yeah, you know that's a whole separate discussion. And maybe maybe this thing leads to a U.S. Open Cup just complete revamp. Maybe they maybe they change it entirely and and try to make it better. Who knows? But at the end of the day, if you're a fan of MLS or you're involved in the MLS, I think it's a win. In the yeah, well, if you're a fan, to me, if 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 you're a fan of soccer, it's a win Um, because you're hopefully going to get to see quality quality soccer. If you're a fan of lower leagues, it you it's know, up in the air still. Well, it's not up in the air. It's it's not a positive thing because it's going to grow. The, it's just like over in Europe, um, you know, you know, or not Europe, but over over in England, the gap between the Premier League and the EFL is growing. It's not getting smaller. It's growing. Yeah. And that's 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 the issue. And, and yes, they have it. But you know, the big six wanted to break. You know, you know, you know, the big clubs wanted to break off. That's the same thing that's happening here, 
with the exception instead of it just being MLS, it's MLS and Liga MX. Because if you look at Liga MX, they've stopped the pro rel on their side. Their second division is basically a, a reserve league now to, to to help develop players for the for the Liga MX players or Liga MX teams. So it's you can see where how this is going, and in a way you can't fault them because the money that's involved with these level of clubs is just you know it's you know it's it's just super it's stupid you know it's you know you got players what you know um you know the, you know players that went to uh man city uh jack Grealish from you know uh, us uh, from uh, aston villa for a hundred million dollars and and wasn't even a blink of an eye you know it was just the money's got to come from somewhere Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a lot that's got to be figured out. Um, and you know, like Jacob said, hopefully we get more information as the season goes on. We get in the off season, then we can you know break it down a little bit more and kind of talk about you know what what other effects we might be seeing. And then you know, hopefully that you know, I expect we'll see a a decent quality of play on the pitch. And you know, who knows? Maybe it ends up being a good thing, but there's still a lot of questions. Uh, out about it right now there's still a lot of things up in the air and i think we just gotta wait and see what happens so to end this on on the bright side cincinnati finally qualified for an international cup um you know after they crushed the usl three years later they qualify for uh, their first uh, open or their first international cup uh that here so congratulations fcc <laughs> there we go all right, we are well over our normal time. Uh, Harry, Sorry. thank you so much. No, no worries, man. This is this was great. You know, uh, great conversation. This is why we do it. You know, we we love talking soccer and and uh, you know, you know that's that's why we're here. You know, we want to have other folks on. You know, like folks like yourself and you know people within the community, other content creators, and and you know sit down and talk lower league soccer. And you know and uh, you know get get other points of view. And so, uh, been a lot of fun. Appreciate you being here. Um, Anything uh, before we do get out of here? Uh, why don't you plug, plug your show? Um, uh, and anywhere yeah, else so people may find you. We do. Uh, I do SA Soccer Roundtable with uh, Royce and Rafa. Um, you can follow us uh, at Twitter at SATX Soccer. Um, you can follow me at Ram and Call, R A M I N C O L, um, et cetera. We typically do our shows Sundays most nights, uh, unless you know one of our kids has a soccer game you know during that day or. And then we try to scatter it throughout the week. But, um, no, it was, it was a pleasure being on here. Hopefully we get to do this uh, again um, what next month or so uh, for that here. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the playoffs and how that comes. All right, Jacob, get us out of here, man. All right, guys. Appreciate everybody coming on. Harry, it was a blast. It was, uh, I like talking – to people that have followed this league a little bit longer and, and know their stuff and, and uh, just had a great time with you on. So I appreciate it. And, and like you said, hopefully maybe at, in a month or so, and then maybe after the season, even we can get a, get you on for some wrestling talk or something like that uh, and, and goof off a little bit more, but uh, to the listeners, thank you guys for listening. YouTube. Thank you for watching Jerry. Uh, you got quiet there eventually, so I'm assuming you left a long time went to ago. Bed, you know, it's you know, it's you know, El Paso. There's not a lot to do. Yeah, well, not a lot of legal <laughs> stuff to do, but uh, uh, 
Jerry, we love you if you're still out there. And, and I know, I'm sure you'll listen to this eventually and you'll come back and, and clip one of these parts and, and put it in there on, on you Facebook or something. And and we appreciate it, like we said earlier. So uh, catch us again next week. Uh, we're starting our new time at 9 o'clock uh, live here on YouTube. Uh, come join us in the chat. Uh, Harry, hopefully we'll... I, I'm sure you'll be in the chat next week. Uh, at least early, it, yes. Yeah, especially if you guys win. Um, well, even with the lose, I'm here. I'm usually good about showing up and, and taking my medicine. <laughs> that's, that's that's why I appreciate you, Harry. And uh, but yeah, come join us in the chat if you have any questions. We still have flags. I'm assuming Earl's not here, but as far but, as I know, uh, we do. Uh, I'm assuming we still have flags. So if you want a flag, hit us up on social media somewhere or in the chat box here next week. And uh, until then, guys, someone need us. You've been listening to Somos Nos, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.